Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, a.k.a. The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. What happened to me was probably about three years ago, I had a woman reach out to me by text and say, I think you gave me gonorrhea because I have it and now my husband has it. I had been STD tested many times, multiple times per year for years, and I had never once been throat swab tested. It had always been a blood draw and a urine test and out the door I go. And I had never been throat swab tested. And so I found a doctor who would do a throat swab and I went and got throat swab tested, mostly just to be able to say to her, see, I don't have gonorrhea after all. But I did. I did have it. I had a completely asymptomatic gonorrhea infection and had no doubt given it to her. And she had in turn given it to her husband. The cherry on that shit Sunday, which was that I also got an STD from this guy. And I was just really mortified. And I was just, I didn't want to talk about it. And I had to go to the doctor. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Here we go. First Saturday episode of the new year. And I am starting this year off with a very hot topic, guys. One that's hard for many of us to talk about. It's STDs. Did you guys know that it's estimated that 68 million people in the U.S. are living with an STD? So in other words, guys, that's one in five Americans is carrying an STD at any given moment. I've had requests for you guys for me to talk about this, and we are going to start off the year doing it because I'm going to make sure that it stays a priority for me. Today, I have Robert Johnson, and he is the president and founder of Shameless Care, a telemedicine company specifically focusing on the consensual non-monogamy community. Robert, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Okay. So you have a website and it's called shamelesscare.com. And I want to know what prompted you to start Shameless Care? Okay. Well, thank you. It's a bit of a personal story, but one that I don't mind sharing. So I've been consensually non-monogamous for a number of years. And for those of you in the audience who aren't familiar with that, that's basically, you know, people who practice non-monogamy, but consensually with, (laughs) there's plenty of people who 
practice non-monogamy with, without the knowledge of their spouse or partner. But these are people <laughs> who are who are doing so, you know, openly and with the blessing. So these are people in open relationships or open marriages or polyamorous or swingers or however they want to detail that is fine. But but there's an awful lot of us out there in the world who are doing things with the full appreciation and consent of their partner. And so that's the group that um, I've been a part of for a long time and a group that I wanted to serve. And what happened to me was probably about three years ago, I had a woman reach out to me and by text and say, I think you gave me gonorrhea because I have it. And now my husband has it. And just looking back at the calendar, it surely came from you. And I didn't argue with her or anything like that. But but I, my response was, you know, I'm not so sure about that because I have been, quote unquote, completely STD tested since I was with you. And I had, and I won't name the name of the company, but it is an online company that you buy a complete, you know, total 10 panel test from, and, and gonorrhea was one of those tests. And she replied and said, well, have you heard of throat swab testing? And I hadn't, I had never, I had been STD tested many times multiple times per year for years. And I had never once been throat swab tested. It had always been a blood draw and a urine test and out the door I go. And I had never been throat swab tested. And so I found a doctor who would do a throat swab and I went and got throat swab tested, mostly just to be able to say to her, see, I don't have gonorrhea after all. But I did, I did have it. I had a completely asymptomatic gonorrhea infection and had no doubt given it to her. And she had in turn given it to her husband. And that was that was really life-changing for me because I thought I had been so proactive. And as it turns out, I just, you know, the old saying, you don't know what you don't know. And in this case, I had harmed people. And I wanted to make sure that that didn't happen to other people. Yeah. I mean, that would... I... I have gotten an STD and I'm just, I'm so glad we're doing this interview because for as long as I've had this show, people do write in or send me voicemails and a lot of them ask about STDs and they ask why I don't talk about them and why I don't have, you know, why don't I do an episode on STDs? And the truth is I was just like, well, shit, I don't want to do one on STDs because then I have to admit that I've had one. I did get one. <laughs> I did get one. And I did an episode on that a while back. And that was like probably in year one or year two. I called it ugly fucking. And there was a lot of reasons that that whole episode got that title. But I omitted the cherry on that shit Sunday, which was that I also got <laughs> an STD from this guy. And I was just really mortified. And I was just, I didn't want to talk about it. And I had to go to the doctor go see him. And it just, it feels awkward sitting in the doctor's office. You know, he's asking me questions about partners and my sex life. And I didn't want to tell him, I didn't want to admit that, Hey, this is just some random dude. I went to a hotel room. We were, it was a hookup. This is what we agreed on. And he did use a condom, but before he you know, he tried to put his penis in me without the condom on just to see if I would go for it. And I was like, no, wait a minute, buddy. But he also did go down on me. So I didn't, you know, now that I've met you and I understand, I could have gotten it from his mouth. I never knew this. So this is why I was just like, this episode has to be the first one of the year. And I'm committed to just getting tested regularly and not letting this slide because it's an embarrassing issue or something that you just don't want to 
you don't want to discuss. I'm putting my big girl panties on and we're going <laughs> to, we're going to hit it hard today. So why do you think that this subject is so hush hush and embarrassing for adults, grown ass people? We, we have a hard time discussing this. It certainly shouldn't be. And, and I first want to say that I, I think sex is a wonderful thing. And we live in sort of an amazing period of time where even HIV is not curable, but is certainly treatable for almost everybody. And when I was growing up, HIV was a death sentence. So we live in an amazing period of time where if people are tested regularly and have access to medical care, that you know none of these STDs are a death sentence or going to really even sort of fundamentally permanently change the quality of our life. Things like gonorrhea and chlamydia and syphilis are easily curable for most people. If you're being tested regularly now, where you get in trouble, where people get in trouble is if they go years without being tested and, and then you can have problems with infertility and things like that. But for most people, if they're being tested regularly, it is not a big deal at all. It is a shot of antibiotics. We have a guidebook on our website about STDs. And in that, an MD um, who works on our team, you know, talks about what is an STD. And for example, she argues that potentially one of the most common STDs is strep throat. You can certainly get strep throat from making out or which is a part of sex. It's a very common bacterial infection, just like gonorrhea is. It's cured with antibiotics, just like gonorrhea is. There's really no reason why somebody should get gonorrhea and have like a lifelong amount of anxiety over it. It is just not a big deal. And one of the things that sounds a little morbid, but I like to remind people is, you know, we're all going to die and none of us are going to be in hospice someday and thinking, well, I never had the guts to live the life I wanted to, but at least I never got gonorrhea. Like, I just don't think that's going to be, (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think that's going to be something that we worry about. It is just not a big deal, all things considered. So it is something that everybody should talk about and be proactively tested for. And it it does sound kind of funny that because any other company you see that is selling STD tests are doing so from a fear point of view and giving you a lot of statistics about how bad everything is. And we're almost taking the opposite tact, which is life is wonderful. Life is such a gift. Sex is wonderful. Let's all relax a little bit and have fun. But do the things that you need to do to care for your friends and your partners and just be a responsible human being. And that's really, to me, what testing is all about. Yes, and exactly. Thank you for putting it that way. And that's why I am, it's been one of those things that as I've moved along and had various partners, usually, you know, it's not something that I get done. And just to test myself, I'm usually doing it. And I mean, sometimes it's preemptive, but if I know, you know, if we're going to go to like a sex party or something like that, but Usually it's, okay, I meet somebody new. We kind of discuss it. If we decide, hey, let's get tested, then we do it. And that's usually what prompts it. But I more so now, you know, my approach is just going to be, hey, this is, you know, it's for my own health, for my own knowledge. I want to know. And I certainly wouldn't want to pass something along to somebody. Oh my gosh, I'd be mortified, especially knowing that I can get it in my throat. I just did not know. You know, it's like you said, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know that. And certainly I enjoy receiving oral sex and I enjoy giving oral sex. So I don't want to have to worry about that as well. So, you know, you're, I'm definitely going to be better about it. 
Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, because of the lack of discussion around this subject, what do people really not know and understand about STDs and the differences in the types of tests administered? And let's dive into that because we sort of nibbled around the edges with the throat test. But, you know, are people really that aware of it? I don't think so. I, I know my doctor, when I went and got my test, he didn't, I don't believe he even mentioned that to me. Well, I mean, what, what people don't know about STDs is that there doesn't seem to be much of a correlation between how sexually active people are and their STD rate. So there is some research out there about swingers in particular, that they do not have a higher rates of STDs than the general population. And I believe that to be true because we are an STD testing company. We've tested hundreds of people since our founding six months ago, and the positive rate is extraordinarily low, much lower than the general population, according to statistics that I can find. And these are people who are, I'm assuming, very sexually active. They've stumbled across a health site for people who are consensually non-monogamous. So I think that people who are sexually active and adventurous and that sort of thing are generally speaking very progressive and thoughtful about their own health and STDs in general, and are not necessarily going to have higher STD rates than the general population. So I think that is one thing that people you know need to know, because there are a lot of people who avoid things like non-monogamy because of they're so worried about STDs. And I, and I think that is, there's more to life than STDs. And, and also, I think that when you surround yourself by people who are just as concerned about them as you are, then the rates are ultimately very, very low. Something else that comes to mind is that when you go to your family doctor or your OBGYN or something like that, they are expected to be experts on every single thing and they just can't be. And so I actually, in addition to Shameless Care, own a swinger club in the Chicago land area. And we have a social media site where our members often post their STD results on that site just as a way to encourage other people to get tested. So when they do that voluntarily, there's no HIPAA violations or anything like that. But a lot of people will test like a picture of themselves getting their blood drawn at their doctor or they'll post their test results or something like that. And so just through that, I have seen what a lot of people's STD testing results are. And the truth is, it is so variable that it's almost meaningless. Meaning like if two people met at a bar on a Saturday night and one of them said, oh, I just had a complete STD panel from my doctor. And guess what? I was negative on everything. And the other person says, oh, that's so great. Me too. And I was also negative on everything. There is so much variation in what doctors will order that they may not have even been tested for the same infections or diseases. And so this conversation about what is a complete STD panel 
is almost nonsensical from that standpoint because there is so much variation. And so anybody who is an adult and is touching other people's genitals need to take responsibility for learning about these things themselves, learning about these different infections, learning about the different parts of the body that need to be tested and really walk into the doctor's office empowered to ask for those tests. One of the things that I'm really proud of with Shameless Care is that we offer at-home STD testing and at-home testing is not inexpensive. And one of the things that we have on our site, which I'm really proud of is it basically encourages people to screenshot what we recommend. And if you can't afford this, but yet you have insurance, go ahead and screenshot this and walk into your doctor's office, hand them your phone and say, this is what I want as a starting point. And if you have anything you want to add to this doctor, awesome. But this is the minimum I'm walking out of this office with. And I think that can be a game changer for a lot of people, because if you just leave it up to the person who 10 minutes earlier prescribed antibiotics to a six-year-old, odds are they're not going to know much about STDs. Right. No, that is a very good point. How often should people test for an STD? Well, that depends entirely upon their sexual practices. So on our website, there is a widget that people can fill out that was created by someone with a PhD from MIT. He knows the research inside and out, really smart guy, much, much smarter than I am. And he dug through the research and really looked at the risk profiles. And so If somebody answers that they are getting new partners once per year and they have unprotected oral sex, but nothing else, they're obviously going to have a much different risk profile than someone who has multiple new sex partners per week and has unprotected anal sex every single time. Now, I gave you two extreme examples. Most people are somewhere in the middle, but they're obviously going to have completely different risk factors and should be tested, should be tested differently. So we have 21 different testing packages that sort of cover people from one end of that gamut to the other. Me personally, I have a wife and I have a partner and I'm, I'm not really seeing anybody outside of that. So I'm getting tested twice per year, which that makes sense for me. But if I was much more active, if I was going to swinger clubs and things like that, then I would be tested more often. But that's a little too broad of a question for me to answer because every one of your listeners is going to be in a different type of situation. Yeah, I did notice too. I think on your website, did, did you have a sort of like a before and after? <laughs> like, so you can be ready. You have, I saw the, some of the options you had there and you can be ready, you know, test before and then after your big swingers party or get together or whatever, so that you kind of like, you bookend it. Yeah, that, that's a really fun one, right? So there are, there are at least hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And some of your listeners, you know, are going to have a hard time imagining this, but the people who are swingers, for example, you probably met a swinger today and didn't even know it. Like it's your elementary school principal or the school that your kids go to. It's, it's just, it's everybody all that, like it is a, it is a bit of a secret society, but it is a huge amount of people. And there are thousands and thousands of people who are completely monogamous 51 weeks a year. But one week per year, they go to Hedonism Hedonism Resort in Jamaica, or they go to Desire down in Mexico, or they go to a big week-long swingers convention like Naughty New Orleans and and New Orleans, for example. And and so this is a great way for them to be tested before they go on that trip so that they can talk intelligently about STDs with anybody they might have a connection with there. And then once they get back, they can be tested again. That way they know that 
yeah, they had that wild week and they had a great you know experience they're going to remember for the rest of their life, but they're not bringing anything home with them, so to speak. So that's what the pre and post testing is. Yeah. And I know that I had this question now, but I, I mean, I think we already kind of answered. I was going to ask you about that. Isn't it true that, you know, some STDs have no symptoms at all? And it sounds like the throat one, you just, you're asymptomatic. Are there any others that besides the throat that where you would be a, asymptomatic and you could be spreading something over a long duration and not really realize it? Absolutely. Gonorrhea can be, chlamydia, syphilis, trick can be as well. HIV, certainly when people get an HIV infection, they're often quite sick for a few days, but that could easily be confused with the flu or, or something like that. And then after that, it just sort of enters a period of latency where you're, you're not even going to realize that, you know, anything is wrong. HPV, definitely. I mean, HPV has been called the glitter of the, of the STDs, meaning that <laughs> it's just everywhere and, and possibly, yeah, it's everywhere and nearly impossible to not get if you're sexually active. I mean, there's a, there's a comedian who has a skit about that and I, I won't replay it for you, but um, basically says, if you don't have HPV, you're a loser. And she's making the joke of like, it is just, <laughs> it is just so prevalent and everybody who's sexually active gets it. You know, I did get this, you know, I mean, you've got my mind spinning because when <laughs> I did get tested a while back, I did get eight tested for HPV. It came out negative. And so now I'm like, was that a false negative? Like if everybody's got it, how could I not have it? Now I'm just like, damn it. Okay. I'm going back in. I'm getting my, I'm, I'm using your tests and I'm going to get this figured out. I want to get to the bottom of it. You know, I definitely want to know. I think it's empowering. I think it's good to be in control of all of this stuff and just, again, making sure that you're not, you know, you're healthy and that you're not spreading anything to your partners that, you know, you wouldn't want to get yourself. How easy is it to test at home? Before I get to that, since you mentioned HPV, if, if people get nothing out of this episode, I would say to go get vaccinated for HPV if you haven't already. I think most really young people nowadays have been vaccinated unless their parents declined it. But for those of us who are in our 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s or, or what have you, we didn't have that opportunity when we were young. And the HPV vaccine has been wildly successful in reducing cancer rates, cervical cancer, and throat cancer. So that is really, really, really important. And anybody who is having sex, even if you've been having sex for decades and you may think, well, that's too late. It's never too late to get that vaccine. There are over 100 strands of HPV and only a few cause cancer, but the vaccine really does a great job of preventing those strains that cause cancer. So that is critically important. And I'm sorry, I got so involved in that vaccine conversation that I forgot your question. No, I actually, I'm glad you said that because literally, yeah, I'm, you know, right in front of when they started administering that. And I think, I mean, I don't think I got it, but maybe I need to double check. I mean, maybe that's why it was negative. I don't know. And that's something I definitely want to find out. And you're saying you can, if you didn't get it, you can get it, get the vaccine? Yeah, there's, there's been some changes. So I'm actually right in front of that age as well. So, you know, whenever I was heavily involved in the swinger lifestyle, I decided to get it. And at the time, insurance would only pay for it if you were below the age of 26, I think. And so I had to go to Planned Parenthood and get it. And it was $200 per shot. And there's three shots. So I spent $600 on this. 
And almost immediately after that, the guidance changed. Now insurance will pay for it at any age. And that is just something that I think should be everybody's number one priority if they are sexually active, because that is an STD that most of those 100 strains are basically harmless as far as we know. They come, your body fights them off. Sometimes it takes a few years, not a big deal, but there are a few that are cancer causing and the vaccine really does do an incredible job of preventing those. Yes. Well, see now, I mean, there's another bonus for me in that one. I'm like, I'm going, I'm getting on the phone here. I'm like, schedule me for an HPV test or uh, injection, please. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I got one somewhere along the way or now, you know, now I'm going to be digging in my medical files. All right. Good to know. Going to the at-home testing, how easy is this to do? Can you kind of like walk us through the process? Yeah, it's incredibly easy to do. When people go to our website, there are three different ways that you can get testing. One is the naughty vacation testing, which I've already talked about. The other one is continuous STD monitoring. And that is where people take that, that survey or that widget or what have you, and it recommends one of 21 different testing packages and people can buy one of those. And what's different about that in a panel, a lot of people are used to getting an STD test or an STD panel, which is really a, a snapshot in time. But what this continuous monitoring is, is anywhere from one test per year up to six tests per year, it depends upon your risk profile and things like that. And those come to your house all at one time, and then you get email reminders about when to do your tests and return them to the lab. And so for people who are who are sexually active with new partners or their partners have new partners or that sort of thing, it's a great way to, because testing is one of those things that everybody says, oh, I, I need to do that, but then they don't actually do it. But here, like I'm looking at my testing boxes right here on my desk, and, and that's exactly how our customers you know, have them as well. They already have the next year's worth of tests at home. So it's completely discreet. It's It couldn't be easier because it's at your house and people poke a little finger in their hole, a hole in their finger, excuse me, with a lancet, put a few drops of blood on a dried blood card. The urine test is probably pretty self-explanatory and then the throat swab and put it in a already prepaid shipping envelope and mail it off to the lab, get the results in about a week through a HIPAA compliant, um, completely discreet patient portal. Perfect. Now, when someone says, I've been tested for everything, what should everything include? Like when, you know, somebody says, oh yeah, I got, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm talking to someone new. I just got tested. I just got tested. We're comparing our results. What if he didn't get tested for all the stuff I got tested for? Like, what should I be looking for? What should he be looking for as far as what we got tested for so that we both feel confident we've we're clean. <laughs> sure. You know, that, that is a really good question. And if you Google STDs in the World Health Organization, you'll find out that there are dozens and dozens and dozens of infections and diseases that are classified as sexually transmitted diseases, most of which are not tested for here in the United States. And going back to that guidebook that I talked about earlier, like with strep throat, you know, if somebody goes to Hedonism Resort in Jamaica, and makes out with 27 people over the course of a week, there's a really good chance they might come back with something like a strep throat. Okay, well, is that an STD? Is it not? You know, so there's there's a lot of gray area here and there's no definitive list. But for me personally, before I would feel comfortable having sex with someone, 
unprotected in any capacity, oral or vaginal or anal, I would want a gonorrhea test that is both throat and in my case, I'm a heterosexual male. So vaginal swab or, or a urine test for the female. Chlamydia, same thing, both genital and orally. Um, syphilis is a, is a blood test. Trick is a parasite that lives in the reproductive system, both men and women. So that's a urine test. An HIV test, hepatitis, probably A and B and C. There's some discussion about which of those um, should be included in an STD test, but I think most people would recommend all three of those. And then HPV tests are pretty tricky from the standpoint of women typically get those during a pap smears, but there's not a lot of good opportunities for men to be HPV tested. So that is one of those that is a little bit more, a little bit more tricky. And then herpes simplex virus, that is something that we include in our testing panels, but there's also some data debate about that. If people Google blood test herpes CDC, they'll find that the CDC generally speaking does not recommend that test. So there's two different ways that people can test for herpes. One is that they have an actual sore and they go to their doctor and that sore is swabbed. And then there's a DNA test done on that swab to see what virus that is. And that is the only way you can tell for sure if it's type one or type two, or even if it is herpes at all. The blood test is an antibody test and it's a little less accurate. It has a much higher false positive rate. It is, and, and so the CDC is a little bit concerned about the false positive rate. They're also suggesting that it doesn't really change people's behavior, how that, <laughs> that test seems to come out for people. And of course, every individual is different. They're looking at it at the macro level, not the micro level, but at the macro level, they feel like, don't know if there's a benefit to this because it doesn't really seem to change how people behave. But that is something that I've always done personally, because if I have an HSV, you know, herpes simplex virus test that, that I'm getting, let's say three times a year, and it's negative, 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 and then suddenly it's positive, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have HSV, but that's a really good reason for me to be like watching even more carefully for sores or, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. Now, isn't there a herpes simplex one and two? There is. Yes. There's a herpes simplex one and two. And one is usually presented orally and two is usually presented in the genitals. Something to keep in mind is that two can be orally and one can be genitally. And there's really an interesting thing that's happening where HSV one rates are declining pretty dramatically. And I'm really not sure why, but people have sort of guesstimated that people are just more aware of it. So a lot of people got HSV one. If you've ever had a cold sore, if you're a listener and you've ever had a cold sore, that is herpes and it is probably HSV one. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person. A lot of people got that from like kisses from grandma when you were an infant. Like it's just completely out of your control. Yeah. A lot of children get it. A lot of kids get it. They are touching each other, touching stuff, little things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so as HSV-1 rates have decreased, which sounds like a good thing, that has actually made HSV-1 and the genital rates increase because if you had HSV-1 since you were a child, then you couldn't get it from like a blowjob or cunnilingus or something like that. But if you don't have it, well, then obviously you're open to it and the genitals could be the first place that you get it. So it's an interesting world and HSV is one of those things that it can increase your risks of HIV. It basically increases your risk of any bloodborne STD because it can be 
an open sore in the genitals. But other than that, other than being annoying, it's basically harmless, but it's one of those things that has a stigma associated with it that is a real shame. And I certainly hope something that I hope goes away in the future because a lot of people carry a lot of guilt and kind of lifelong grief from having what would otherwise be, if it not for their anxiety, a completely harmless condition. Right. I actually had a, a partner get it and had to call me and tell me that. And he was really, you know, mortified and just felt like his life was over. And, you know, and I was like, it's, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'll go get tested for it. I, he's like, you got to make sure you, they test for two because that's what mine is. And two, that's what you're looking for. And I was like, okay. And I went, you know, it, fortunately it was, you know, negative. I didn't, this was probably I had three months since I'd been with him and he got his first outbreak and, you know, and he was just, Again, I said, I don't think, I don't think I have it, but yeah, you know, I went and tested for it. And I just remember thinking at the time, like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I, he was just really devastated by it. And I, you know, I felt bad. I was glad I didn't have it, but, or they, I didn't have to tell him, Hey, you gave it to me too. But yeah, I mean, these are just things you got, if you're, I think if you're responsible and you're an adult and you're sexually active, you know, you, you really should start incorporating this stuff into your routine. It's part of your sexual health and awareness. Absolutely. Okay. So what are the, what's the feedback you're getting from people? You, you've been in business for a while now. Like what kind of feedback are you getting from your customers? And just, are there any other interesting ways they're using how they're sequencing their testing or anything you want to share with us? Sure. I mean, the testing has been has been really positive. The thing I get the most is, you know, my God, I didn't know I needed throat swab testing. And there's actually something interesting. I'm not trying to change the subject, but in the porn industry, which we're not involved in in any way, but but I've been following a little bit of it on Twitter and stuff. There there appears to be a pretty significant gonorrhea outbreak in the pornography industry, and so much so that they have that they have stopped production. And there was a, a pornographic actress on Twitter who said, that's it. I'm going to start requiring everybody to have a blood test and a urine test within one week. And I don't know what their current protocol is, but she was taking it amongst herself to say, you know, if you haven't had that within a week, then I'm not going to film with you on camera. And I responded about the, the throat swabs. And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of the girls in the industry can't afford that. They can't afford an extra test. And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, if you're only testing one potential area where this could exist, then it's just never gonna it's just never gonna be controlled. And so that that whole thing about throat swabs, I think, is probably the biggest feedback that we get. Because most people just don't know that. And most physicians don't know that either. I I polled our club members and 93% of them during their last STD test, whether that was at Planned Parenthood or at their local family doctor or whatever, we're not throat swab tested. So this is something that not even most physicians know as well. So that's the biggest feedback that we've gotten. I have never been throat swab tested. And that's, you know, when you and I spoke before this, I was really blown away, you know, and I was just like, how could A, I not know this and B, my doctor not be recommending this, you know, when I go in and say, I'm here for an STD test. It's really kind of crazy to me that that's not more commonly known. And the doctors aren't, you know, it's going to be hit or it sounds like it's going to be hit or miss whether or not your doctor is going to test you that way. Sure. Yeah. That's one of the things that we're really working forward on. And, and so there, that's the feedback on the STD testing, the feedback on the ED 
medication has been very similar where a lot of people are worried about going to their doctor. They have anxiety caused ED. So maybe with their, their wife or their primary partner on a Saturday night after Netflix, they're fine. But, but on that first hot date, they have a lot of anxiety, that sort of thing. And so they appreciate having a 50 state network of medical providers that they can turn to and speak to openly about their erectile dysfunction and, and what's causing it. So the feedback has been very positive. I don't mind telling people the negative feedback and the negative feedback has been that mail order testing. So the upside to at-home testing is that it's extremely discreet, it's extremely accurate, and it is convenient for sure. The downside is, is that it, it comes in the mail and it has to be sent to the lab in the mail. And so that's at least two weeks that it spins in the mail. And there's something interesting about people where they can go years without being STD tested. But as soon as they collect that sample, they seem to want to know their results immediately. They almost get in like a panic about it. And so our testing is not for people who are in a panic, but people who are taking a more systematic approach, the more proactive approach to testing, because it does take a little bit of time. Yeah. So, I mean, really, this should kind of be incorporated. If you're sexually active, you have different partners, you're in the lifestyle, and you know that this is the way this is normal for you, you know, this is just part of your sexual health and it should just be included in monthly or however often, whatever, you know, what, however often it needs to be done, but just so that you know, yeah, everything's fine. It's all clean. It's all good. And hopefully, you know, you're also asking your partners for that too. <laughs> they can, they can, and if they don't know where to go, they, they can send them onto your website as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But so you're, and you also have, I know I mostly focus on the STDs. That's like my hot button for this show, but you also have the ED medication available for people. Yes. So we have a, we have a 50 state network of, of medical providers all through telemedicine. And so we've also made the decision to, to offer the generic version of Viagra, which is called Sildenafil and the generic version of Cialis, which is called Tadalafil and, you know, available people fill out an online medical questionnaire. The doctor reviews it in some States require a telephone consultation. Most do not. And then that medication is oftentimes approved a prescription written and then sent through the mail. And that is a big boost to people because, yeah, if you're 60 years old or 70 years old and you go to your doctor and say, I'm, I'm having some erectile dysfunction issues, it's going to be a no-brainer. The doctor's just going to write that script. But if you're a 24-year-old man and you go to the doctor and you say, I don't know, I was on this date and I just got really nervous and you know, I've never had any problems before, but my cock just wasn't working during this particular date you're just as likely to walk out of there with anxiety medication as you are ED medication. So I think that having <laughs> the opportunity to talk to people who yeah. already know why you're there, and by there I mean online, yeah. and already know that you're consensually non-monogamous, is has been such a boom for people. We had a patient a couple of weeks ago who went to his local family doctor and said, when I'm with my wife, I have no problems. But a couple of weeks ago, I was in the orgy room at the swinger club. And the doctor just said, according to this patient, the doctor just put up his hands and said, stop, I'm not doing this. You know, like basically like, you know, you need to get your life together instead of looking for medication. And I personally feel like, you know, anxiety can certainly cause ED and people deserve to live whatever kind of life they want. So if they actually have erectile dysfunction, 
And if they have no other health issues that makes that medication harmful to them, then they should have a doctor that supports them in that position. And that's what our company is really all about. Absolutely. Yes. When it comes to your healthcare, you've got to advocate for yourself. And if you don't like the answer that you're getting from the doctor that's in front of you, keep going until you get what you need. Cannot stress that enough. And I can't, I'm so, I can't, I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe uh, that that doctor did that, but I'm not surprised. You know, like I said, I didn't want to explain, you know, to my doctor the total circumstances around why I was in there with an itchy vagina with some weird discharge. You know, it was like, I told him, well, this is my boyfriend, you know, I'm like, well, I didn't say, yeah, you know, I have casual sex partners and quite frequently, and I'm in just met this guy, you know, in a hotel room and we were going to get it on and guess I got something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You don't want that kind of shame. And I, I love that your site really is tailored to people that are in the consensual non-monogamy community. And that way, you know, it's like, you don't even have to explain that you're, it's okay. Like all are welcome. Come on over. I love that. So tell everybody where they can find you and your company and your website. Sure. The website is shamelesscare.com, shamelesscare.com. And I know we're tailored to the non-monogamy community and a lot of people who even potentially are in that non-monogamy community. I mean, anybody who's on Tinder or still dating or what have you is is non-monogamous, but I realize that not everybody identifies as such. But at the end of the day, we're really just a very, very sex positive company because we feel like when people are sex positive and they're talking to their medical provider who is also sex positive, that we can, for the first time in our lives, have a really open conversation and improve our safety and our, and our quality of life. And so that's really what our company is all about. It's shamelesscare.com. And um, if you'd like to tell them about your coupon code, that would probably help them out quite a bit because they can save $30. Absolutely. So Robert has generously given everybody a $30 off coupon. And you just put in my first name, Layla, at checkout. So that's L-A-Y-A and you get $30 off. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Robert, for coming on. I appreciate it. This is an important topic. I'm going to be spreading the word and uh, I appreciate your time today. Everybody stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. You guys know what I love you to do. If you guys have any questions or comments about this episode, super easy to get a hold of me. Go to my website, thecuriouscoldiaries.com, click on the pink tab on the right-hand side, and leave me a voicemail. You have five minutes. Let it rip. I get back to each and every one of you personally. Happy New Year, guys. Let's all get tested. Let's stay happy, healthy, safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.